Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Players to Be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed. That's Dan. Say hi, Dan. Well, Ed, a lot of things went right this week, which we could expect, and one of them being me getting back on the winning track. Well, Dan, I tell you to say hi at the beginning of every show, and you know who can say bye at the beginning of this show? Brandon Staley, as the performance of his team on Thursday night, got him the big ugly axe. Let's start our week there where the NFL started, at least everybody but the Chargers started, as the Raiders just absolutely gobsmacked the Los Angeles Chargers 63-21 with the 21 coming in garbage time. Uh, Where do you want to go with this? Because we got some stats on this one that are pretty eye-opening. I mean, let's just – I'm going to let you – I guess you could say – Hmm. I know you want to talk about the the crazy things. I'm just going to read the stats. um, I'm just going to read the stats because reading the stats kind of tells the story of the game, and we really don't need to get into how dominant the Raiders are. A bunch of people had some really good games. I want to point out that I picked the Chargers in this game, and Dan picked the Raiders. I felt bad about this pick when I made it. I felt bad about this pick after the second drive, and it just got progressively worse. This was the largest halftime lead in Raiders history at 42 points. It was the largest lead at halftime since the Green Bay Packers were up 49 to 7 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers October 2nd, 1983. The Raiders had 42 points without Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams didn't have a single touchdown, at least in the first half. Aiden O'Connell at the first half break. 14 for 23, 198 yards, four touchdowns, 128.3 passer rating, and the score was 14 or 42 to nothing. The Raiders had seven total touchdowns in their five previous games and scored six in the first half. The, the Raiders have tied a franchise record for points in a half. The previous record was 42, scored October 19th, 1969 against O.J. Simpson's Buffalo Bills. And that's all in the first half. I stopped watching after that because well, why would you watch anything else when it's 42 to nothing at halftime? There was an interesting rumor, Dan, and I don't know if you believe this or not, but word had it that Brandon Staley was actually fired at halftime. Yeah, I don't believe that. Um, do you want to go through this or do you just want to move on to the next one? Because Aiden O'Connell had a game. I, I mean, uh, one thing that I think is uh, is very interesting when you look at this is the fact that Jacoby Myers completed two passes for 12 yards, a wide receiver. And a touchdown. Um, and yes, and a touchdown. And also, Easton Stick had a QBR of 29.8, but he had a passer rating, a, which is considered, which this would be considered a perfect passer rating because it's over 100, of 113.7, to kind of ex- give you an idea of what no, 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 no. A perfect passer rating is 158.3. No, I don't believe you're right. That is 100% correct. QBR is on a 1 to 99 scale. Passer rating is on 0 to 158.3. I know this because later on in the show, I'll give you another stat that is the first time we've ever seen it in NFL history. You are correct. Okay, I was wrong. I was wrong. 
Um, but yeah, the fact that but I mean, he still had a passer rating of 113.7 with a QBR of 29.8, which is absolutely insane. Uh, because the, the fumbles that he lost don't count against his quarterback rating, but they count against his play as a quarterback, which is the QBR. Did he so, lose fumbles? He lost two of them, actually. Consecutive drives in the first half. I don't see them in the box. There they are. Yes, they are. Okay. I, all right. Let's move on. This game, I mean, talk you just got we don't to talk need to, about. We don't need to talk about it, this anymore. Well, the one thing I will say is I don't believe Josh Jacobs will be back with the way Zamir White performed. Uh, if he continues to perform like this, I think Josh Jacobs is probably done for the year. Um, Raiders are kind I mean, they're still hanging around the playoff stretch. But Zamir might looked good. Um, Devontae Adams looks good. Uh, I believe you – you know what? I'm not going to take credit for this. Um, go ahead and, and give us a little bit uh information there about this Raiders defense since uh since Josh McDaniels has been fired, something you told me a little bit earlier. Yeah, this is kind of scary if you want to think about this in terms of what could have been. The Raiders defense has allowed 15.5 points per game which is third best in the NFL since Antonio Pierce took over as head coach in week number nine. So you extrapolate that out there at the top of the AFC. And you got to believe that defense would be talked about the same as it is with the AFC North's defenses or with Dallas's or with San Francisco's as far as talent. And you got to give some love to Max Crosby too. He's kind of been that unsung hero of the Raiders and, one of the reasons people stick around to watch the Raiders. And he had a very interesting story that they played up a lot on Thursday Night Football. If you haven't had a chance to look at that, I strongly recommend that you do. Let's move along. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and the Minnesota Vikings. Cincinnati took this one home. This was my confidence pick. As I just closed that game. Gosh, darn it. You got to love that, don't you? Cincinnati Bengals against the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. This one went to overtime, 27-24. Neither team deserved to win this game. As this one, I was talking to you about it. This looked like we could have been seeing a tie. Uh, but that's what happens when you have Nick Mullins and Jake Browning as the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, 39 seconds left. T. Higgins and Jake Browning hooked up to tie this football game. Dad, did you watch any of this game? Uh, actually, funny enough, I watched the end of this game on my phone while I was at a bowling tournament. Um, I saw the amazing catch, the amazing touchdown catch by T. Higgins. Um, in my opinion, unless I'm missing something from earlier in the year, I believe this is probably the catch of the year um, with the effort that he put in to get that ball over the end line. And I hate giving Cincinnati credit for anything. Because they're fan. I mean, actually, being in fan groups are starting to make me hate fans more. Um, <laughs> but that was an. I mean, that was an amazing catch. Jamar Chase looks to be done for the year. Um, yep. I don't believe they're going to rule him out for the year, but he looks to be done for the year. Um, on the other side of the ball, Nick Mullins didn't look terrible, but um, I'll tell you what, they shouldn't have fucking cut Jake Browning, huh? Yeah, that's uh, that was another interesting quote that came out of the week. Uh, just just amazing to see the, to see what happened, and just you you gotta love Twitter for finding that out and just making that go viral. Um, that by far that I I I messaged you as soon as I found the clip. I was like, I I love this kid. Like, 
he had to get a starting job somewhere just for that because it was so it was just to me it was just so iconic in a sense of what he said like just that, that quote in yeah the dagger came in overtime 531 left browning found tyler boyd down the right sideline for 44 yards which put cincinnati in field goal range and busted coverage on what was a solid day by the viking defense are you scared of cincinnati at all with jake browning your quarterback um in the playoffs you mean yeah, because it could be – it's very possible. Yeah. That's a that's a first-round matchup uh, with your Ravens. No, nah, that, that, that matchup doesn't worry me. I'm going to be completely honest. It doesn't. I would, I, would, I would dislike seeing Cleveland more. I mean, I think as, – As you should. I think Cleveland's probably the only team that I would say I don't want to see in the playoffs right now from the AFC side. Is it because of Joe Flacco? It's because of Joe Flacco. Um, it more so because of that defense. Like Cleveland has a Cleveland has a great defense, and the offensive line is good enough to give Flacco time to throw the ball. Um, so I mean, they have a quarterback that can throw now and, and hit their receivers and is very accurate. Uh, something they haven't had all year. Well, he wasn't so much this week. We'll get to that. What do you mean? He bit. had three completions to the other team too. Let's stay in the AFC North and let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers falling out of playoff contention and the Indianapolis Colts getting in with a 30 to 13 victory at Lucas Oil Stadium, improving to eight and six. The Steelers fall to seven and seven. Matt Gay had three consecutive field goals in the second half to put this one out of reach. In fact, the Steelers jumped out to a 13 to nothing lead and then gave up 30 consecutive points, including three touchdown passes from Garner Minshew to Zach Moss, DJ Montgomery and Mo Ali Cox. With Montgomery and Allie Cox bookending each side of halftime. Dan, the Colts, are they for real? Um, I mean, you have to take them serious right now, to be completely honest. Uh, it's kind of hard not to. They are in that divisional race. Um, they are going to be getting Jonathan Taylor back. And you look at what this rushing game has been without him. Um, okay, yes, they averaged five yards over 34 carries, but I'm not going to be scared of Trey Sermon or Tyler Goodson uh, in the backfield, even if they're doing that combined. And Gardner Minshew is a very is a very QB friendly. Ed, help me out with the words I'm looking for here. He's a he's a game manager. Game manager. He's a very good game manager when it comes to it. Um, and he has the weapons on the outside, so. Uh, you you got to be afraid of them. They're not a team. They're a team I would, I would prefer not to see, but um, it is what it is. Uh, no more Mitch Trubisky as Mason Rudolph will get the starting nod this coming week. He did come in in relief for Trubisky, who I don't know if this makes them any better. I don't know if it makes them any worse. But there's also another thing coming out of Pittsburgh. George Pickens is unhappy. And he is yeah, very yeah, unhappy. Yeah. Three three catches, 47 yards, seven targets. He was Led the most targeted the wide target. receiver for Pittsburgh, but he was missed a lot, and he was open a lot and didn't get the football. Um, I mean, you you look at their targets, or you just – I'm sorry. Yeah, you look at their targets and their receptions. There was only four guys that were – five guys that were targeted in this game. Um, 
and one of them was a running back in Jalen Warren. But, I mean, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson both have been caught one film giving up on plays. Um, Do you blame them? I mean, they were in the playoff race. I mean, they they were probably, what, the worst 7-5 and five team in the league. Aren't they 7-4 and four at one point? Have they lost three straight? I thought they I, only, I, only I lost feel like three they, straight. I feel like they were a lot better than what – or at least no, correct. Record. Seven and four. Seven and four. You are yeah. correct. I thought they were seven and five. Um, but I mean, listen, they are where they belong. They are dwelling in the basement of the AFC North. Uh, and I'm not saying that as a Pittsburgh hater, say, like as a Ravens fan. They're, they they just, in my opinion, they were the worst team in the division coming into the season. They're but where they belong. To be fair, to be fair, they're still at 500. They're a game out of a wild card spot. Now, granted. A lot of tiebreakers are not in their favor, but they're still only a game out of the playoffs. So a lot of strange things can happen. Let's move along. Let's talk so about it. Another- really quickly, really quickly, I'm just sure. going to cover this. Um, for Pittsburgh, they have the divisional record tiebreaker on Cleveland. So two losses from Cleveland drops them behind Pitt. Cincinnati also falls behind Pitt because if they beat them in the process of winning out, uh, Denver losing a game takes them out of the mix, uh, while any loss from Buffalo gets Pitt ahead of them. Uh, also, specifically Week 18, that's versus Miami, which is – Blah, blah, blah. So basically, Pittsburgh has to win out uh, in order to make the playoffs with help. Two losses from Cleveland, a loss from Denver, or a Buffalo loss in Week 18. Um, right. Cleveland has to win two games to clinch to clinch a playoff berth. Baltimore's already clinched a playoff berth. Cincinnati has to win out, and Buffalo has to lose a game basically to clinch a playoff berth. Is is what they're is what the AFC North is looking at. Fair enough. Let's move along. Let's talk about another blowout. The Detroit Lions, 42. The Denver Broncos, 17. The Lions approved to 10 and 4. The Broncos fall to 7 and 7. Uh, You got this this one right. I got this one wrong. 21 unanswered points scored in the second quarter. Crazy. Thanks to Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, and Amon Ross St. Brown catching touchdowns from Jared Goff. Laporta would add another one in the third quarter to make this one 28 to seven and really put this game out of reach. Um, Laporta had a third touchdown. Sam Laporta is the man. Is Sam he Laporta, the best I mean, tight end right now in football? Recency bias, yes. Now I'm talking about this second, this day. Mark Andrews is hurt. George Kittle is off, and Travis <laughs> Kelsey can't buy a pass interference call in the end zone. Um, I, no, I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard to say no, but this is why I'm saying recency bias. Yes. Cause you go back and look at what he did the week before and he was non-existent. I know because he cost me a fantasy game. Um, so it's, I mean, he's definitely a top three tight end right now between Kelsey Kittle and him. And those three are the top three with, with, uh, Andrews being hurt. And when Andrews comes back, I mean, I don't know if he takes that spot back right away. It'll be interesting to find out when he gets back. Russell Wilson, 18 for 32, 223, a TD. Did not look sharp. He did lose a fumble as well. He added a rushing touchdown, but here again, Denver not being able to run the football costs them, and Detroit can do some things. 28 carries, 185 yards between Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Amon Ross St. Brown, seven catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown. And Jared Goff, 24 for 34, 278, 
five touchdowns. I'm going to ask you this an awful lot, and I do it an awful lot. Who got the better end of the deal? The Rams or the Lions? I mean, as of right now, you still have to say the Rams because they got a Super Bowl. But um, I mean, one for, quarterback's playing, the other one's not. What are you talking about? I don't count what Matt Stafford's doing as playing. He's he's a shell of of his former self. Good save, but um, still. <laughs> um, no, no that, I mean, that's exactly. I I mean that. That wasn't a save. I legit mean that. He is a shell of his former self. Not could that be age? Yes. Could it be injuries? Yes. Well, but when you got former self Cup, still brought them a Super Bowl. Yeah. So he did, but he also had guys. It, it that's a different conversation for a different time. Um, We're talking about so the Lions here. For the for the Lions, they win a game, they clinch the North. That is their scenario to clinch a playoff berth. Do you continue to start Goff and St. Brown and Gibbs and Laporta? I mean, obviously, you let Laporta go for some records here, but you kind of got to start looking at resting guys, right? Yeah, you have to. And I am just now realizing but this. No, I'm, no I'm, I'm lying. No, because you're still playing for seeding. They are yeah. still in the mix. They Listen, no. They are still in the mix for the number one seed at this point. I just, a, I just realized this. They are being tied okay. with San Francisco. They are currently tied for the two seed with Dallas. Dallas wins the tiebreaker over Detroit because of conference record. But they are only a game behind Dallas in conference record. And I don't know the Lions' schedule right off the top of my hand. But I have to imagine they at least have one conference game, probably two conference game left and one divisional game left. Um, and that division is weak behind them at this point. So they're they're still playing for well, the one and the two seed. So actually, I, I don't think you're going to see any rest. They have two against the Vikings, sandwiching a game in Dallas. So that game in Dallas Again, could go a not, long way. So you're not you're not you're not benching anybody in in that situation, not at all. Zero chance. Now back to what I was trying to say. I thought they were just making fun of Lil Jordan Humphrey. By calling him Little Jordan Humphrey, I didn't no, realize that, that was his actual name. Like the yeah, whole time I'm sitting there watching that game, I'm thinking, "That's really condescending to sit here and keep calling this guy Little Jordan." And then I realized, oh well, that's the guy's name. Uh, let's... Yeah, I'm also, also, I think uh, there's there was two there was a drive during this game specifically that um, Sean Payton did not challenge a first down touchdown run and a third down touchdown run. And both of them were very close to being in. And I think the third down one would have got overturned to a touchdown. It's absolutely would have. Yeah. It's a mute point, but uh, it, it should have been. Yeah, it, it should have been. It, it should have been challenged. Well, let's move along. Let's talk about a game that took 10 years off my life. And that was on the last play. The Cleveland Browns 20. Chicago Bears, 17. The Browns approved to 9-5 and five and are now firmly in the fifth seed in the AFC. The Bears fall completely out of the playoffs and out of the playoff race at 5-9. and nine. <sighs> Browns do this to me too many times. And I, I was looking at it when that final drive. Limit. Technically, the Bears are not eliminated from the playoffs yet. Yeah, and if Phipps and Butts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. They are eliminated from divisional contention, but they are not eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, this final drive, the Browns mismanaged the clock. There is absolutely no reason why there should have been any time left for the Bears to do what they did. 
despite the fact Chicago started taking timeouts on first after the third and 15 pass to David Njoku to set up first down, they burned their three. Well, actually, Cleveland took a timeout right there, but I do believe that's because Njoku got out of bounds and there may have been an injury, but still, you know, credit Chicago for taking their timeout strategically and being able to do what they needed to do to get the ball to the Cleveland 45-yard line at third and 10 with five seconds left. Mooney, man. He's that is the roller coaster of emotions in about a second and a half that you can have on a football field. Oh no, I fell down on a Hail Mary. Oh shit, here comes the ball. Oh no, I don't have the ball anymore. And it's intercepted, the game's over. You saw it. You saw my reaction. What did you think of that? Chicago should have won this football game. Um, I actually ain't going to go that far and say they should have won it. When you look at how just kind of the game went and each team played, um, what I will say is is uh, Cleveland got lucky to win this game. But I don't seven, know if se- the Bears should have won it. 17 to 7 with 12.30 left in the game. You should win that football game. When you yeah. get no, I when, I, I agree you turn, with you for that. When you get when you get three turnovers, you should win the football game. You know, when you're positive in the turnover differential, you should win that football game. But you can't let Joe Flacco go 28 for 44 for 374 and bring this team back. You can't let Amari Cooper go for 109 or David Njoku get 10 catches for 104. You know, and when you hold the Browns to 29 rushing yards in a game, you should win that football game. Agreed. Chicago you should. Won. I'm just saying. I'm just saying the the Bears did not play like the Browns squeaked out out with this one, and the Bears kind of fumbled the bag. Well, the I think I think that's what you got to do if you're going to the playoffs. You gotta you gotta win those games. You gotta win those close games. Let's move along, and let's... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers. This one was won by Baker Mayfield and the This was one we both got wrong. And for good reason, I should have never bet against Baker Mayfield. 34 to 20 as the Buccaneers get back into the playoff picture at 7 and 7 and the Packers may have done themselves in they now sit at 6 and 8 and are now behind the eight ball with the playoffs. In fact, this put Tampa Bay in the 4 seed as they are now sitting atop the NFC South. Uh Baker Mayfield did something that has never been done before in NFL history. He is the first road quarterback to have a perfect quarterback rating in Lambeau Field history. 22 for 28, 
381, four TDs, zero interceptions. He did lose a fumble and did have negative two yards rushing. But uh, anytime you do something that hasn't been done in a stadium that's been around for over 100 years, you know you're doing something right. Chris Godwin, 10 catches, 155 yards for Tampa. Uh, Rashad White, 21 for 89 on the ground, two for 50 and a score through the air. He had himself a pretty good day. Jordan Love, 29 for 39, 284, two TDs, and a lost fumble. That's not a bad game for him. I mean, it's it's not a bad game really for any quarterback. He won one turnover, which was the fumble, but he didn't throw any interceptions. I mean, Tampa was just the better team. And, you know, it's I get it's a team game, but if you're pinning this loss on anybody, you're pinning this loss on that Green Bay defense. Um, when Baker Mayfield throws for 381 and they put up almost they basically put up 100 yards on the ground because Baker took two knees to to lose two yards um, at the end of the game there. Yeah, like so. it's I mean, when 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 a team's putting up, what's that 481 yards against you? I mean, with basically a perfect play from their quarterback. I mean, it's, go ahead. Uh, give us give us give us that little nugget you found about about Baker. I just did. Way to pay attention when I'm talking. Good job, buddy. That's that's what a good co-host is right there. Listening when I talk. You must have you must have cut out when you said uh, that. I'm um, sure. Yeah. I mean, or I was just trying to be a good co-host and give you a layup to talk about it again because that is pretty that is a a pretty interesting thing considering Baker Mayfield was the first to do it in all the years that the Packers been around. So Well, think about all the quarterbacks that have come through there and that have That's what I mean. Had the opportunity. That's what I mean. You know? It it deserved it deserved twice the amount of recognition that we normally give something like that. Yeah, but it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are only seven and seven and they are winning they the are weakest division. Their the division. weakest division. The weakest division. Still still leading it. And um, by and percentage I, points are they leading it. So um I mean there's uh, there's not much to add from this. Just I think that the Packers looked bad. Tampa looked great. I mean you lose by you lose by two tubbies. It is what it is. I don't think the Packers looked all that bad. The defense just couldn't get a stop. Uh, let's move. Well, yeah, on. I mean the, the the defense looked bad. Let's stay in a. Let's go. I should say, let's go to another bad division, shall we? And that is the AFC South, where the Houston Texans improved to eight and six. The Tennessee Titans fall to five and nine with a 1916 victory. And I do believe that puts Houston at the top of their – no, wow. Houston sits in third thanks to tiebreakers. But they are all atop the AFC South with Jacksonville and Indianapolis at 8-6. and six. This one went to overtime, Dan, and it went to nuts in overtime as Kyan Fairbairn saved us from our first tie of the season with a 54-yard field goal as time was running out of overtime. Dan, Kyan Fairbairn. 23, 27, 53, and the game winner from 54, and kicked his only extra point. MVP of that game, correct? Correct, and this was his first week back off the IR as well. There you go. Uh, uh, probably the biggest highlight for the Titans, Elijah Molden had a 44-yard pick six to make this 13 to nothing, and that was the score with one second left in the second quarter. Fairbairn. Once again, with no time on the clock, kicked a 23-yard field goal to make it a 10-point game at the break. Dan, what would you think about this one? 
Uh, this was, for some reason, this was on Red Zone a ton when I was at the holiday family party. Um, so a lot of drives mm, ended in the, in, inside the 20 with a lot of field goals. Well, actually, not really. Case Keenum looked okay. Um, you have to go back to him again this week with Stroud very looking very doubtful. Um, man, did you feed Singletary? It, it, what a fall from grace Damian Pierce has had. Um, but, I mean, this was just a weird game. Derrick Henry only getting nine rushing yards on 16 carries. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, maybe. He's had such an up-and-down year, man. But what is crazy is everybody uh, – talk talk a little bit more about this game because there's something specifically that I meant to bring up about this um, that I want to talk about with Derrick Henry and why this is – I'm going to go down a conspiracy theory here. Um, By all means, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, that nine-yard game, his previous one, two, three, four, five games before that, against all, all against Houston, 211 yards, 212 yards, 250 yards, 219 yards, 126 yards. Everybody and their grandmother was betting the over on Derrick Henry rushing. Don't do this. Don't Vegas don't, don't Vegas made the phone call. You're gonna wind up getting shot for saying stuff like this. If anybody ever listens to our show, at least. Um yeah. So Case Keenum's going in to Houston and hosting Cleveland. Big revenge game there, yeah. Although since Cleveland's had so many starting quarterbacks, it seems like every game could be a revenge game. Against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anybody really looks at Cleveland as a revenge spot. I think they look at it as a stop on their uh, on oh. their tour of backup quarterbacks. I wonder I if Ben Roethlisberger would think it would be a revenge game, given the fact he lost his last game against the Cleveland Browns. Un- un- unless you're unless you're Baker Mayfield, because they did him dirty. Now let's. Th- I don't want to get into that. Let's talk about another team that got done dirty. And that was the New York football J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They fall to five and nine as they lost at Hard Rock Stadium to the homestanding Miami Dolphins, who are now 10 and four, 30 to nothing. We really don't need to talk about this. Raheem Mostert had himself a good day. The Jets... Not so much. Zach Wilson, four for 11 for 26. Trevor Simeon... 14 for 26 for 210 and two interceptions. Both men lost fumbles. Dan, who's your starting quarterback for the Jets this week? Uh, Robert Sala has already came out and said that if Zach Wilson passes, because Zach Wilson did not get benched in this game. He was placed in concussion protocol. Um, Mm. So if Zach Wilson passes concussion protocol, he will be the starter. He has already said he's a starter for the remainder of the season. Um, So that, that answers that question there. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been activated from IR, but Aaron Rodgers will not play this season, which is the smartest possible thing they could have done. Um, on the other side of the ball, I think there is something we do have to talk about because there was a bunch of questions again with this Miami team after how they came off that loss from Tennessee and Ty- when Tyreek Hill wasn't in the game, how bad they looked offensively. Um, Tua shut a lot of those questions down. And this Jets defense is is not a cakewalk. Um, Jalen Waddell had himself a day, eight for 142 and a touchdown. 
Um, he's kind of like the duck from the duck song. He and with that defense, he just waddled away, waddle, waddle. Um, yeah, I've been saving that one all week. Wow. Um, Garrett Wilson got his three receptions, so he is over 80 receptions, which I believe he's the first receiver in like I want to say almost 10 years to have 80 receptions for the Jets on back-to-back seasons. Um, and besides that, there's not there's not much to talk about in this game. This is one we can kind of move forward from. The Jets are officially eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, the Dolphins did, with the victory, improve to 10-4. and four. A game clear of Kansas City, but still a game behind Baltimore. But still very much in play, given Baltimore's grueling schedule in their next three weeks. Well, so, they, well they, can, they control their own destiny, in a sense, because they are a game behind us, and they have us coming up. So they control their own destiny just like we do. Well, there you go. Let's move along. Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots. Chiefs 27, Patriots 17. Chiefs are now 9-5. and five. Patriots, <coughs> excuse me, are at 3-11. and 11. Probably the biggest thing coming out of this is Taylor Swift cussing out the referees when Travis Kelsey got pushed down and there was no call for pass interference in the end zone. Uh, I absolutely love that she reacted like that. Like, she is now one of us. I mean, she always has been. A degenerate football fan that cusses at the referees every time a play doesn't go their way. I don't I mean, see she many grew, Taylor she, Swift memes she about that when she was younger. Hold on, hold on. She grew up in Philly, and it is known that her dad is a huge Philly fan, and she went to multiple Philadelphia football games with her dad when she was a child. You don't think none of that rubbed off on her? I have taken Just, my son to multiple baseball games. The kid still doesn't like baseball. And you know how much I love baseball. So just because a parent takes you somewhere doesn't mean you're going to like it. I have made my kids sit down and watch Star Wars more times than I care to count. Doesn't mean they like it. Just because your parents like something and make you do something doesn't mean you like it either. But I digress. That's more about my issues with my children not liking me. But it's neither here nor there. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, another two interceptions this week. Is that something to worry about if you're Kansas City? Uh, one of them came off of Kadarius Tony's hands. Like, in and out of his hands. That this is, I mean, this is something that we talk about probably every other week about how interceptions should be able to be applied to a wide receiver when it is blatantly that it should be a catch for them or they just cause it anything along those lines. I think um, an interception should be an offensive as a whole, an offensive stat. Not just not, uh, linked not to the quarterback. Stat. Yeah. But that's that's a different conversation we'll have in the offseason when we need stuff to talk about. Um, it'd be scary to think about what Patrick Mahomes would be if he had receivers that could run the right routes or catch the football or line up um, in the right place. I think he does have that with Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice has came on very strong over the last few weeks, 9 for 91 in the touchdown. Um, he is hand- no, I don't think it is because coming out of college, he was a highly touted wide receiver. And one thing everybody says about Andy Reid's offenses is they are complex and it takes young wide receivers about a season to really become accustomed to them. And he's a rookie and he's starting to show out as that. So I I think this is something that, I mean, I drafted him in best ball leagues, expecting him to help me in best ball playoffs, which he has. 
So, I mean, it is what it is. On the other side of the ball, I actually don't think Bailey Zappi looked terrible, um, to be completely honest. Uh, he's not the answer, but he didn't look bad. Do you think that Mahomes is punishing for being bad? MVS, one time, Terry is throwing four targets, two catches, five yards. Those are supposed to be uh-huh. your one and two wide receivers. They were supposed to be, but I mean, it's, it's your target it. had five times, three catches for 22 yards. Oof. Rough. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know where to go with this Kansas City team. Is it weird to say that I'm not scared of Kansas City if I'm any playoff team? Honestly, I've been scared of Kansas City in about three years. When Baker Mayfield did what he did in that AFC playoff game, where Dirty Dan Sorensen cost us really a playoff victory, that is what – like, I, I haven't been scared of Kansas City since. There's something wrong with Patrick Mahomes. There's something wrong with that team. So let's All move right. along. Let's talk about the New Orleans Saints winning 24-7 to over – Tommy Cutlets and the New York Giants, who fall to five and nine, twenty-four to six, excuse me. And talk to me about this one. Um, I mean, this Saints defense, I've always said, has been good. Um, Alvin Kamara had a decent game. Nothing here really sticks out when you look at this. This game, I didn't get to watch much of. Uh, Tyrod Taylor came in, I believe, for concussion protocol again, if I'm not mistaken. Um. But, I mean, there is – I mean, look, t- I said it last week. Tommy Collins is going to be a guy that uh, that's going to have a, a good career as a backup, I believe. Um, maybe Not maybe not exactly a Gardner Minshew, but I think he could have a career sort of – people will yell for him when their starting quarterback does terrible on the other side of the ball. Um, I mean, they, <laughs> they're starting to get thin and wide receiver, Rashid Shahid. Uh, somebody I've talked about multiple times throughout the season was really their number one receiver this week. Um, this NFC South is just god-awful. Uh, New York has technically not been completely eliminated from the playoffs yet, but they are uh, they're on their way there. I don't have much else to ask in here, Ed, and if you don't have anything, by all means, we can move on to the next one. It's sad when you're the starting quarterback for NFL for franchise agent is more popular than you are yeah there's actually a funny todd mcshay story too have you seen that at all i have not you gotta look that one up we're not gonna talk about it but you gotta look that one up for sure all right let's move along let's talk about the atlanta falcons and the carolina panthers the panthers get back in the win column with a nine to seven victory over the falcons carolina improves the two and twelve falcons fall to six and eight and likely out of the playoffs, Dan, what the hell happened? Um, well, Desmond Ritter has been benched. Tyler, he- Taylor Heineke will be the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons the rest of the season. Um, what's going to happen is Tyler Algier, Tyler Algier, this is something I'm, I'm going to go in a little bit of a soapbox here. Tyler Algier had one target for one interception for six yards and 14 carries. Bijan Robinson had seven, seven, target, seven touches with three targets and one reception. Kyle Pitts, three receptions on four targets. Drake London, three targets with two receptions. 
when Tyler Algier is out touching your top three playmakers on a team, there is something wrong. And I'm going to say it. I don't think it's Desmond Ritter. Arthur Smith needs to go. I hope Atlanta loses out and I hope they fire him because this team could actually be good. This was a wasted year for a very good Atlanta defense. Um, Carolina did what they had to do. They were smart at the end of the game to basically run that clock out to kick that field goal to get their second win of the season. Um, Good for them. Chubba Hubbard had himself a solid game, 22 for 87. Adam Thielen posted a very solid game uh, for what this game was. You know, we're looking at a total of 16 points, so there's not really much to talk about. My soapbox was more so on the Atlanta side of the ball and talking about how They've wasted a first-round pick on Bijan Robinson and, and Kyle Pitts essentially this whole season, and Arthur Smith just needs to go, um, sort of like how Brandon Staley needed to go. Let's move along. Washington Commanders at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams 28, Commanders 20. Rams approved to 7-7 seven seven and stay afloat. Commanders are done at 4-10. and ten. The Rams uh, did the 7-7 seven and, seven and move into a playoff spot. They're not just afloat. They, if the playoffs were to start today, they would be the seven seed. This one was made interesting at the end, as with 7:18 left, this was a 28-7 game. Then Terry McLaurin from Jacoby Brissett for 29 yards out. And then with 106 seconds left on the clock, Curtis Samuel, three yards from Jacoby Brissett. Joey Sly missed the extra point, which ultimately didn't matter, as the Rams co- covered the onside kick. Uh, Cooper Cup had a 62-yard catch for Matt Stafford. Um, Dan, what do you got on this one? So it's that like- that uh that miss extra point did matter for some. This line closed at six and a half, but uh this line was seven for most of the day. So that took that uh from a betting standpoint, that took that from a push to a loss for Washington betters. Um Man, I don't, I don't really have much to add. Stafford did what he has to do. I think the I'm getting to the point to where I think these Rams are going to sneak into the playoffs. Um, I mean, you have Cup and Nakua, who does good. Kyron Williams, man, that kid just came back. And he is – this Rams team is kind of reloaded very quickly. Um, and with another offseason that they have coming up and more numbers coming off the books, it could be uh, kind of scary moving in. That, that may be a two-horse race again in that division. From the other side of the ball, I, I don't have much to add. I was traveling home during this game, to be completely honest, so I don't know how Jacoby Brissett got into the game. Um, can you enlighten me on that one? I cannot. Um, it's good for the Rams' defense, though, that they were able to overcome two Kyron Williams fumbles that ended drives, one in the at the Washington 10, and one was on a pass that ended at the Washington 41. So, or Washington 39, excuse me. So, I guess good on Washington to do just enough to keep themselves in this game. But this one shouldn't have been this close. Is I guess, can we call it garbage time to score those two touchdowns? Or I guess because yeah, it's close, I mean, it's not. I mean, sort of. I mean, Terry McLaurin, it's good to see him. It's good to see that he got going against six for 141. I don't want to pass over that. Um on the other side of the ball, Cooper comes back over 108 for 111 and a touchdown. But um, these are kind of the commanders, I believe, have the commanders have completely been eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, so we can kind of move on from here. As I've already mentioned, the Rams are sitting at the seventh seed right now. All right. Let's talk about another team that got it going or kept it going. 
And that was the San Francisco 49ers as they took care of business on the road in Tempe, Phoenix, wherever the hell they're playing, over the Arizona Cardinals, 45-29. Christian McCaffrey is still Christian McCaffrey and still did Christian McCaffrey things. Dan, did you happen to watch the Manning cast when he was one of their guests and pretty much called the exact play Philadelphia was running, including the misplay by Jalen Hurts, who ran to the wrong side? Do you have I to watch that? that? That is, that. you can find the clip on Twitter. He calls the play out uh, exactly down to the motion, only for Jalen Hurts to run to the wrong side of the formation. Uh, Arizona did run for 234 yards and two touchdowns, <coughs> but uh, Kyler Murray throws two touch or throws two interceptions, and Arizona fumbled the football five times in this football game and didn't lose any of them. That's pretty impressive, actually. That's kind of crazy. Brock Purdy, 16 for 25, 242, four TDs, no turnovers. Christian McCaffrey, 18 for 115 and a score, five for 72, and two scores through the air. How is this man not unanimously the most valuable player? Because he will most likely unanimously be the offensive player of the year. I so hate the way the NFL does their awards. Uh, Let's give a shout-out to Trey McBride. 10 for 102 through the air. He was the, well, really you know the what McBride star. Is? Another rookie tight end this year. He was really. I'm, I'm going to keep saying it every week. The lone bright spot outside of maybe James Conner for this Arizona team. Conner, 14 for 86 and a touchdown. Amari DiMercato, 4 for 64 and a score. A 49-yard touchdown run was his claim to fame. Kyler Murray. Doesn't look great. Doesn't look bad. But the two interceptions really killed him. 26 for 39, 211, a TD, and two picks. Arizona has officially been eliminated from all playoff contention. You know, we said, I don't know, 10 shows ago, when the whole Super Bowl logo thing came out, did the colors match the Niners and the Ravens? Both teams, I believe, are currently the first overall seed in their conferences. That is correct, yes. Both sitting with an 11-3 and record. Boy, isn't that interesting, isn't it? Yeah, well, apparently there was a new logo that came out, so we'll see what happens. Let's move along. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills emasculating the Dallas Cowboys 31-10 to at Highmark Stadium in Buffalo. The Bills needed this victory as they improved to 8-6. and six. Dallas falls to 10 and four. This was a game I got right and you got wrong. I told you I thought this was a letdown spot for the Cowboys after coming off that huge emotional win against them. Uh, Dak looked terrible. This Buffalo team, you know what? I said a few weeks ago, Buffalo ain't making the playoffs. Buffalo looks scary right now. Buffalo does look scary. Buffalo looks scary with Josh Allen only completing seven passes. He was well, set mean, for 15 James... for 94 yards and a score. But James Cook, as you were about to say, 25 for 179 and a score, including two catches for 42 yards and a score. So, yeah, if Buffalo can run the football, especially if Buffalo can get a home game, maybe finish in a six seed, they get a couple of upsets. That's scary. That's I mean, real Buffalo scary. Is not out of contention for the division either, if we're being completely honest here, Ed. Um, Do you think they can teams, touch Miami? So 
let's uh, let's take a look here, right? Buffalo has let's there's three games left: the Chargers, the Pats, and the Dolphins. So it's entirely possible Week 18 could decide that. That division. Week 18 could decide that because Miami has Baltimore, the Cowboys, the Ravens, and then the Bills. And they come to Baltimore. That's the script writers have done pretty well this year. This is uh so that week 18 game that I'm, I'm calling that now that. Oh man. That would be a hell of a Sunday night game. That would be a hell of a Sunday night game. And that one I do believe got flexed into Sunday night as well. That wasn't the original Sunday night football game. Or was that lot? Is that well, no week eight? Week eighteen hasn't been decided yet. All times are TBD as of right now. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm saying that would be a hell of a Sunday night game to decide that division. I'm think I must be thinking of week seventeen then. Um, not really much else to say on this one. Let's move along. Let's talk about the Sunday night football game from this week. The Jacksonville Jaguars fall to eight and six. The Ravens approved to eleven and three with a twenty-three to seven victory at Everbank Stadium. Ooh. Talk to me Talk to me about this game before I talk. I don't know what you want went, me to say. Justin Tucker continues to be the most accurate kicker as he nailed everything he kicked. Um, I'm not going to lie. There was a graphic that popped up before one of his field goals. It was the short one he had in the fourth quarter to make it 20-7. to seven. A graphic popped up that said he has never missed a 30-yard field goal in his career. I thought that right there was going to be his first miss because, you know, the football jinx. But Tucker converted it, and that was really the icing on this one. Um, Trevor Lawrence looks off. He had one good play to Jamal Agnew for 65 yards and a score. But Trevor Lawrence, 25 for 43, 264, and a touchdown. Limited mobility. He looked like his hand or his elbow or something was hurting him. Fumbled the football twice, added 41 yards on the ground. I'm And, and that – that Baltimore defense was all over him. They only got to him one time, but he was in danger a lot. Ed, Trevor Lawrence is Daniel Jones. Mm, with better hair. Well, I don't know. You know, Daniel Jones does have a nice bag of lettuce up on top of the old dome piece. They are they are the exact same quarterback. I would. Uh... Are you, well, you ready? You sure, I have, sure. I have stats to back it up. Daniel Jones has played 12 more games. Okay. He has a higher completion percentage. He has more passing yards, obviously, because he's played 12 more games. Almost a full Trevor season. Lawrence has a uh, higher passing yard average, passing yards per game. Daniel Jones does have more passing TDs, but like I said, played more games. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is only five interceptions behind Daniel Jones at 35 to 40. Trevor Lawrence has a passer rating of 85.5 to Daniel Jones's 85.2, and Daniel Jones uh, out outdoes him in all the rushing stats. They are essentially the same quarterback, statistically. One just got better PR, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, one was anointed the next coming of Peyton Manning when he came out of college. Um, and rightfully and, so. The dude looked to be a uh, can't-miss talent, which kind of makes no, me worried listen, about Caleb Jones coming out listen, this year. 
Listen, I'm not disagreeing with you. Like, he did look good, but I'm just saying, statistically, through these two points in their career, they are essentially the same quarterback. Um, Trevor Lawrence had that open field fumble uh, that kind of cost them a score, um, two missed field goals. Lamar looked good, and I'm going to say that because I I disagree with you. Lamar looked good from an aspect of with the 12 carries for 97 yards, he pulled the ball down when he needed to pull it down. Um, another gruesome injury, just not even from a Raven standpoint, just from a NFL standpoint with the key yeah. actual freak ACL tear. Um, I, I I watched it back, um, not in slow-mo because I didn't want to see it, but I watched it back in normal speed, and it literally looked like he was too fast for his feet, and that's why that happened. His leg bent at a 25-degree uh, angle the wrong way. Like, there is a picture floating around social media of it slow-mo, the way his leg bent, and it looks like a cleat just got stuck. Yeah. Um, when he tried to – when he tried – it's just – it's – I speaking from somebody that's had two knee surgeries and is staring down a third one, that hurt me deeply. Uh, but, Dan, as usual, Isaiah. what can you – Hold on. What can you count on in life? Death, taxes, and Lamar Jackson. Taxes and Lamar Jackson fumbles. Turning over the football. We didn't get one, but we did get an interception. A bad interception, too. I will say that. That was a bad interception. That's what I mean. Turning over the football. I'm not just going to say fumbles. It's him turning over the football. Uh, His decision-making did get better, but praise Isaiah likely. Uh, Oh, yeah. That's actually what I was getting ready to do. He is filled in very nicely for – Mark Andrews and I. I hope that we are scheming up some some two tight end sets if Andrews can come back, or you can even kind of just work Andrews back in softly. Um, but another thing I sent you early on in the week, uh, Rashad Bateman. I talked like I told you I I hate him. Like I think he's a terrible receiver, but statistically he has the best separation yards of any receiver this season, um, which is a really weird stat. Uh, and it looks like maybe the Ravens have sort of figured that out. This has just been a this has just been a really weird game on the aspect on the other side of the ball. There's not much to talk about. You got anything to add here, Ed? Uh, how about a little bit of something from Mina Kimes about your Ravens? The Ravens defense is currently holding opponents to 4.3 yards per play, the third lowest rate in the last 20 years. The two teams ahead of them, the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the 2008 Steelers. Both Super Bowl champions. Got to feel good about that one. Let's go to our yeah. final game of the week. This happened on Monday night. The Philadelphia Eagles fell and fell hard. They had to get this one with Dallas losing earlier in the week. But they fall to the Seattle Seahawks 20-17. to Seahawks stay in playoff contention at 7-7. Eagles 10-4. and Dan... This one came down to the wire. Literally, Jackson Smith Najigba, a 29-yard pass from Drew Locke with 28 seconds left. Philly blew this game. They were up 17-10 to 10 with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Jason Myers hit a 43-yard field goal to make this one a four-point game. And then with less than a half a minute, Drew Locke found his receiver. What did you think of this one, buddy? Uh, I I saw the end of this game, and I thought this was a well-played game. Um, Seattle earned this win, 
Something interesting, though, if you go back and you watch the slow-mo of that interception, it wasn't a pick, Ed. He never got the foot down. And I'll tell you what, when I was watching it live, I was like, that's an interception. It looked like he got the foot down, but he did not. He did not at all. Are you, are you talking about the uh, the last interception from Jalen Hurts to uh, A.J. Yes. Brown? Yeah. Yes, I am. With 13 seconds left, first and 10 on the Philly 45. Philadelphia still had two timeouts left. So they could have uh, they could have done some things. But um, this pass was intercepted by Julian Love. And I agree with you. That uh, By the way, that went all the way down to the – that was at the Seattle 17-yard line. So if A.J. Brown comes down with that, or even if that pass falls incomplete, they're still sitting very, very good and almost within field goal range with two timeouts left and six seconds on the clock. They could have run another play over the middle and gotten themselves into field goal range to send this one to overtime. I don't understand how this play was upheld. Listen, I thought it touched until I saw the close-up of the foot. So... I, I still I don't, don't understand it at all. There's nothing else we really need to talk about here other than the fact the Eagles spoiled an opportunity in a game they should have won. Um, so the Eagles now sit in the fifth seed. Let's take a look at the playoff picture. If the playoffs were to start today, Baltimore and San Francisco have your bye weeks. Then it would be the Dolphins and the Colts. The Colts ahead of the Texans and the Bills thanks to conference winning percentage. They are the seventh seed. That game would be in Miami. The Chiefs would host the Bengals thanks to a head-to-head record victory over the Colts. The Bengals are 8-6 in the sixth seed. And the Jacksonville Jaguars at 8-6 would host the 9-5 Cleveland Browns. On the NFC side with the Niners at 11-3 in the bye week, the Dallas Cowboys would host the Los Angeles Rams who, thanks to a conference winning percentage, are between the Vikings at 6 and the Seahawks and Saints at 7-7. Seven and seven. The Detroit Lions at 10-4 and four would host the Minnesota Vikings at 7-7. Seven and seven. The Vikings hold all the tiebreakers to be the best 7-7 seven and seven team. So there you have an NFC North battle. And then the, Jack, or the Philadelphia Eagles would travel to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are in the fourth seed, thanks to a head-to-head record tiebreaker over the Saints as they would host the Eagles in what could be an epic smackdown by a wildcard team over a division champion. Dan, out of those six games, which one would you be more excited to see? Um, probably be looking at the way it sits right now, uh, Detroit and Minnesota. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's move on to two stats that I missed before we give our picks for the week. Dan, one did other you... thing I want to cover here Ed, before. Oh, I move sure. On. Go ahead. I just want to go over. I just want to go over some clinching scenarios. Um, San Francisco can clinch first round by home field advantage with uh, with a win. Dallas lost. Philly lost. Detroit lost. Uh, like I said earlier, Detroit does clinch the NFC North with a win or a tie. Um, Detroit just clinches a playoff berth with a loss or a Rams loss with a loss along with a Rams loss and or a Seattle loss. Um, Baltimore can clinch the North with a win and a Cleveland loss or a tie and a Cleveland loss. KC clinches the West with a win 
or a tie and a Denver loss, Miami clinches the East with a win and a Denver loss or tie, or a Miami tie and a Denver loss. Uh, Miami clinches a playoff berth with a win. Uh, there are a lot of scenarios that Cleveland clinches a playoff berth with. Essentially, Cleveland has to win, and there has to be some type of combination of Denver, the Colts, Buffalo, Miami, and the Jags and Pittsburgh all lose. A combination of those teams have to lose, uh, in a sense. For so, what you're saying win. is their magic number is one. Us. Well, they have to win, and something like that has to happen. I want to say their magic number is actually two. Um, one and a half. Let's call it one and a half. On but, the other side, uh, Chicago's basically out of it after this week. Same with the Giants. Um, then that's that's it. I'm not going to cover all the the getting knocked out scenarios. They're just your clinching scenarios. I was going to say there there's three weeks out. There's a lot that could happen. Dan, two stats that I missed. Did you know that the Indianapolis Colts have 19 consecutive games with a forced turnover? That's kind of impressive. impressive. Yeah. Yes. And lastly, Dan, this is an opinion piece, but did you know that with Matt Canada, the Pittsburgh Steelers were six and four. Without Matt Canada, the Pittsburgh Steelers are one and three. Maybe Matt Canada wasn't the issue. This is what I will say. Kenny Pickett is clearly the best quarterback on that team. Agreed. Now, oof, I don't like that I agreed with that. Uh, Dan and I did something a little bit different this week where we made our picks on, I believe it was Monday, we each finalized our picks for this week. And then now that we are on Thursday, we each redid them to see how they would change. Mine changed significantly. Dan's didn't change hardly at all. So let's talk about our official picks this week. All the way across the board, we both have the Rams over at New Orleans on Thursday night. On Saturday, Cincinnati will beat Pittsburgh. We have that across the board. We also have Buffalo beating the Chargers in SoFi. It's interesting on this next one, Washington at the Jets. I picked the Jets new, had Washington old. You picked Washington new, you had the Jets old. Chance to change? You want to change that? No, I'm staying with Washington. All right, so I'm picking the Jets here. Detroit all the way across over Minnesota in Minnesota. Dan, you're picking Houston. I'm picking Cleveland. Why do you have the Texans with Case Keenum over that Browns team? Because this game is in Houston. I just – look, I'm holding out a little bit of hope that there's a chance Stroud still plays. It doesn't sound like there is, but – I think Keenum is a comparable quarterback, um, and I think that Houston defense is good, and they're going to be home, and hopefully that crowd gets into it. This next one I find very interesting. We both have Green Bay over Carolina in Carolina. Uh, I changed my pick on this one. I have Tennessee over Seattle. You have Seattle. I have a gut feeling. That's all. That's the only thing I'm going to give it to you. I have a gut feeling because this one is in Nashville that Seattle is going to falter and Tennessee's playing for Mike Brable's coaching life. Indianapolis over Atlanta. We have that all the way across. You have Jacksonville. I'm I'm sorry. I have Jacksonville. You have Tampa Bay. Oh, I want to pick this game. I want to pick this game at Tampa so bad, but I'm going to leave it. Why do you believe in Baker Mayfield this week? Because it's in Tampa? Um, 
I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have been exposed. Fair enough. Miami and Dallas. I have Miami. I picked Dallas originally. You picked Miami originally. Now you have Dallas. Why do you feel strongly that the Cowboys um, are going to win this football game? Call it funny, but uh, man, I think this Dallas team, after getting embarrassed, because that's exactly what happened, they got embarrassed by Buffalo. I think they're going to come out to play, and I think Michael Parsons is going to be pissed off until it enters concussion protocol. Ooh, Arizona's going to Chicago. I originally had this game picked for Arizona. So let's saw Arizona play. I now have Chicago, as do you. Let's move along. Our I think this is a coin flip. I think I, this I, one's a coin flip. I do, but I still like Chicago better. And that's saying a lot, given how much I hate both of these teams. We both have our confidence pick as the Denver Broncos, as they will take care of business at home over New England. We also both have picked the home team on – are we having two what, – what's up with this orange? Is that Monday night or Sunday night or what? So all three of those oranges are Monday night games. We have three. Do we not have a Sunday night football game? Uh, New England and Denver is your Sunday night game. Okay. So we need to get fine. Uh, Kansas City over Vegas, Philadelphia over the Giants. And the only difference we have, you changed your pick from San Francisco. Now you're picking Baltimore. Why? Man, it's a gut feeling. Um, I, I told you earlier, I, I think I thought about San Francisco's loss to Cleveland. Cleveland had a great defensive line. They pressured Brock Purdy. They startled Brock Purdy. And I think that that's something that the Baltimore defense can do as well. Um, and if that happens and they can stop that run game, uh, I think this is a field goal game. And I'm just going to go with my hometown boys here. Um, that's that's where I'm at with, with that. All right. Fair enough. Now. As for the year, I gave it at the beginning. I was 8-8. Eight eight. Dan was 12-4. and four. I am at 132-106. and 106. Dan is at 155-83. and 83. A very, very solid year for you, buddy. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not going to boast too much. Last time I did that, you picked up two games on me. I am officially calling it, although we do have something exciting we're going to be doing for the playoffs. For the first round, each game is going to be worth two points. For the second round, each game is going to be worth four points. For the third round, for the championship games, each game is going to be worth eight points. And then the Super Bowl, we're going to go on a deep dive, and we're going to have a bunch of prop bets for the Super Bowl that are going to determine who finally wins this contest we have this year. We're doing it different than what we did last year. Dan, are you excited for that? Ed wants to try to catch up. That's all. Well, we got to give something interesting on this show because Lord knows we've been dull for a long time. Anyway, Danny boy, you got anything else you want to add? Nope. Nothing else that I want to add to here. Uh, Next week, you can look forward to probably two or three shows coming from us. Ed just doesn't know it yet. Yes, we will get you that baseball offseason show. We will get you a hockey update and we'll probably talk. You know, a little bit of football. Who knows? Maybe even talk basketball. Maybe even NASCAR or golf or wrestling. NASCAR NASCAR is too far out to talk. So is golf, but it's never stopped us before. Fair enough. Either way, you're going to get a bunch more stuff from us. Stay tuned for all of that and more. And keep a peek on our Facebook page. We may have some more content coming out from us later on. But, Dan... Since you don't have anything else, let's put a bow tie on this one, shall we? 
Let's do it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players we named later who can make it better. See ya!